Hello, and welcome to Parents Just Don't Understand, a podcast about children's media, parenting, and the nature of childhood. I am Kurt. And I'm Denise. Welcome to the first episode of our spooktastic Halloween Skellington Fest. Are you feeling spooky tonight, Denise? I'm here for the booze. (laughs) (laughs) B-O-O-S. Oh, oh, (laughs) wow. Wow. It's funny because you said that earlier and I still didn't get, I, I, it still took me a few seconds to get the joke. I was just like, that's a strange thing to say, but, but I get it now. I get it now. That's a good, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, it feels like, uh, uh, the, the, the spooky season has begun in earnest, I think. Yeah. The, the temperature here went from a high of 93 to a high of 63 overnight. So fall is here. It is spooky season. It's very spooky. Um, I'm doing the spooky jazz fingers. Yeah, the 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 dream the dream hands. <laughs> um, so it is the witching season now, and so we're starting things off right by talking about witches. Specifically, uh, tonight we're going to be covering some of our favorite fictional witches from children's media. We're going to absolutely scour this topic and weave some charms and cantrips and ultimately maybe do some divination and some conjuration to determine, yes, which witch is the best witch. So how do you feel about witches, Denise? Um, I love witches. They are powerful and confident and the epitome of womanhood. I like that. I like that. Um, although, you know, it's something, something I wanted to mention is, is I've read some really cool stories that, uh, do away with the gendered nature of witchcraft. And I think that's, that's pretty cool. And some, sometimes they use it as a commentary on, on breaking gender roles. Sometimes they just use it as just kind of like a mechanism. Like I've, I've read fantasy stuff where, um, anyone regardless of gender who's a magic user is is a witch in lord of the rings there's a witch king um and i don't think they really mention any any other witches so i like kind of the the breaking out of the gender but i i also like it as kind of the 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 one of the female archetypes because i do think it's very empowering right that's that's what i like about it it's a powerful empowering female role to like look up to because i feel like um, there are just as many examples throughout history of, 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 you know, air quotes, good witches versus air quotes, bad witches. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I read, uh, a really interesting book called Triumph of the Moon, um, a few years back by a historian named Ronald Hutton. And he is a historian of both, um, kind of the folklore witch and then, and then also modern, uh, Wicca that you know you know practitioners of the uh, modern religion of Wicca and one of the points he makes is that witches were neither good nor evil mm-hmm. until about like the the late 19th century when we started to think of them as being a a villainous figure but before that witchcraft was just any kind of thing that people did within you know folk belief that in some way, was supernatural and impacted the world around you. So, um, so, um, Oh, I guess I think that's the other thing that I really like about witchcraft is how much power is drawn from nature and the elements. Um, a book that I read last summer 
called um, The Girl Who Drank the Moon, which was, uh, it was an award-winning book, actually, I believe, was fascinating. And the premise of the book is it's a simple human little baby that was rescued by the witch. And when, um, when you know, the witch who rescued the baby ran out of food for, to feed the baby on this, like, you know, hike to give the baby away to a family that could take care of her. She actually gave her power from the moon instead of power mm-hmm. from the stars. And then the the power from the moon is what actually made her into this very powerful witch. And um and I don't know. I just always really loved how connected they were with nature and the mm-hmm. elements and spiritual in a way that didn't rely on and like omniscient present presence Mm -hmm. yeah it was more of like a natural thing i don't know i just always really liked it it seemed um as a as the realist and the scientist that i am it always just seemed like it was more logical i guess yeah it's it's interesting um this is getting a little bit off topic for the topic (laughs) of our podcast but but what you're saying is very much in line with historic what with what historical witches were before mm-hmm. there was an actual religion of of wicca um where like they were almost like the hackers or like plumbers of belief where um they were they were working magic or doing some kind of supernatural activity outside the confines of like an established church or religion and it's it's a really interesting field of study that you know not really the topic for a children's <laughs> podcast but if you're interested um i i would strongly recommend that that book triumph of the moon because it's it's super cool and it, it really does lend a lot of credence to the idea of the the witch both as like a natural figure and as like both a good or evil figure it's it's just a cool it's a cool book but well the girl who drank the moon is made for like I think it was rated for like eleven to fourteen year olds, but I read it as a full fledged thirty five year old witch appreciator, and I loved it. So if the broom fits, ride it and do some, <laughs> do some Google searches. Um, since since we touched on it, uh, I want to emphasize that we are talking tonight about fictional witches. We're not not talking <laughs> about uh, Wicca. Um, which is something that uh, I think is really great and is a topic for some some other podcast. Um, we're we're solely talking about the literary figure of the witch. Um, so throughout family and yes. children's related media. Yeah. Um, so I had a question around that, which is which is uh, which is which which is which which is which 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 is which which what. Which? What is and isn't a witch? Because, for instance, um, we're we're going to rank some of our favorite witches in children's media, and so I started this off as with the, just a Google search of like list of witches in fiction, and um, <laughs> there were some people on there that I personally don't feel are witches. Like, for instance, Elsa from Frozen or Maleficent from um, both the self-titled movie maleficent and also from what is she from snow white yes yeah i i i i think that elsa and maleficent are sorceresses or or sorcerers not not witches um and and we disagree on this point really okay 
Um, I believe that there is a hierarchy to the witch dichotomy. If you think of it like a beehive, the queen bee is still a bee. So I think in terms of the hierarchy, a witch is someone who has powers out of this world, right? Mm -hmm. And a sorcerer or a sorceress or a wizard all has those powers. So I think that it is all part of the dichotomy of the classification of witch. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's maybe there's some kind of like class or something, or maybe like a sorcerer and a sorceress are like more powerful witches mm-hmm. because like Elsa seems pretty powerful, but she's a witchy witch. So it's it's interesting. There's there's different ways of slicing that up. The the reason um the reason I don't feel that Maleficent or Elsa are witches is because um on a even on like a stylistic level they they don't resemble other witches um and so i think if you're going to talk about like the fictional figure of the witch you kind of have to draw a line somewhere and i feel like they they are more like spellcasters um than they are like i i don't elsa does have a connection to the natural world maleficent i don't really think we we see much much of that yeah. um but also Hermione Granger is a female wizard. Yes. Would in terms of literature, a female wizard is a witch, right? Not, not necessarily. Um in 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 Discworld, for instance, um they make a point of of kind of drawing a gender line initially around wizards and, and witches and saying that wizards are men, witches are women. Um, but then in one of the earlier books, they have um, a woman who says, well, I want to be a wizard. Why can't I be a wizard? Discworld is the popularized multi-book series by the famed and awesome Terry Pratchett. That is right. Yes. Um, and actually, that, that book is called Equal Rights, but it's R-I-T-E-S. <laughs> like, yeah, I like that. So, so um, we digress. So... We're not going to cover Elsa and Maleficent on for the purposes of this. I yes. do agree that there is a hierarchy of children's literary figures within which you could include them in the witchcraft line. But for the purposes of this episode, I, I think we're leaning more towards like the pointed hat. Basic warty. witches? <laughs> Basic witches, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, you know, that was creepier than I... No, that's cool. It's it's October. It's time for that. It's time Spooky. for the Spooky times. Spooky times. Um, so we each picked our three top witches, uh, not based around any criteria, just which ones, which 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 we like the most. Well, not necessarily witches. Works of witch. That's true. Fiction. Yes, works of witch fiction. Yes, which I think. Uh, if someone could coin this, I would love to go to the library and see a works of witch fiction section. Especially for the spooky month. <laughs> um, so, so do you want to start talking about our let's talk, non-top threes? Yeah, let's talk about the ones who didn't, who didn't make the cut. So, okay. So I'm going to talk about one that I love dearly. But she just did not. 
She didn't fill all of my checkboxes. It is Madame Ursula. Mm-hmm. The Sea Witch. Yeah. I like um, her a lot, and she she was also someone that I thought about including on, on my list. I like her enough to have been her as my Halloween costume last year. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, sorry, Ursula, not in my top three. Not in Kurt's top three either. But we think you're awesome. And, and she has um, a lot of witch elements, too, that I think are cool. Like, she has familiars. She has the two mm-hmm. eels, Flotsam and Jetsam. Flotsam, Jetsam, my pookies. That's right. That's that's the sad part of the movie too. Yeah, when when they get zapped or yeah. Um, so one of the ones that didn't make the cut for me was Angela Lansbury's character from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, um, which is a live act. It's a combination live action and animated Disney movie from like the late sixties, early seventies, maybe like seventy one, seventy two. Um, where uh, a a witch played by Angela Lansbury and um, some some plucky children uh, help defeat um, the German like a German attack in in World War Two with with some some malarkey and and witchcraft and inc- incidentally that's actually kind of based on on a real thing. Um, there's also a flying bed. There's a flying bed, yes, and and. They, they do a whole like bell book and candle thing and then they go into like a very jungle book-esque uh witchy realm and have some hijinks but um interesting point of history uh the the very early wicca pra- practitioners um led by a guy named i believe gerald gardner really did uh or organize at one point to try to cast a spell to to kill hitler um, so that 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 level is based on like a kind of true thing, which is which is weird. But um, yeah, I I just think that it's not enough about. There's not that much that's actually witchy a, about about her. She's about yeah. as witchy as. Ooh, is Mary Poppins a witch? That is another discussion. Yeah, she could she could be a witch. She is certainly magical, and I feel like that is an entire episode in itself because <laughs> we. Between the original and the sequel, which I loved. So, um, the next witch on my list that did not make the cut is the witchy, witchy, evil witch who lives in the woods in Hansel and Gretel. Because that witch was terrifying. Yeah, she was scary. Um, So, I marked her off just because of, I don't know. Stranger danger, man. That witch will eat you. Hansel so. and Gretel marked her off too, though, by pushing her into an oven, which is brutal. That's kind of yeah. like a brutal end to, I mean, you know, we only have their word that <laughs> she was actually trying to eat them. Um, and like, I've definitely read like sympathetic takes on that where like these dang kids keep coming and eating my house. What the heck? You know, and then they push me into my own oven. You know, it's, it's, I think you, you can make an argument that she, she got a she, raw deal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just know that those stories were horrifying. And that was the type of stuff that kept me in line as a child, thinking that um, if I ran away from my parents, I would get eaten by some old witch who lived in the cookie house. So. 
and could be fooled by pretending that that a stick was your finger and, and that you you hadn't been plumped up enough to eat yet. Well, all right. <laughs> um, so my my last uh, witch that didn't make the cut is um, Mary from Mary and the Witch's Flower. Um, and this is because one of my selections uh, that did make the cut is very similar. And I won't say which one, but it'll be it's probably pretty, pretty mm-hmm. obvious. Um, and I like I like that a lot. Um, it's a it's an it's an anime movie. Um by a bunch of animators who used to work for Studio Ghibli, uh, of of Hayao Miyazaki, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Princess Mononoke fame, um, who kind of struck out on their own. It's a very it's a very Miyazaki style movie. Um, the reason I didn't include her is um, she's kind of more of a wizard. I, I think like she's she's about as much a, a, of of a witch as anyone in in Harry Potter is a witch. Um, there's there's you know um, she she does ride on a flying broom though, and it's it's a great movie. Um, I just think that her, her as the central witch character is not as as developed as some of the other witches that I did pick. Um, my next one that I loved and is a like. Um, Supreme figure in my childhood is Sabrina from Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, which the the reason that I feel like I like I always like this so much was that it brought spooky into the everyday life of mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it was relatable in the sense of having those like nosy adults and that high school experience. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of cool. So you could bring like, you know, you could spookify your daily life. So I, that's what I loved about it. But it just wasn't quite enough to make it into my top three. She does exist in the Archie verse too, which I think, which I think is always interesting. Like the Archie comics, Archie and Jughead. Huh. Yeah. Sabrina the Teenage yeah, Witch is in the Archie. It exists in the same fictional universe oh. in a different in a different town. Um and I, I think they've reestablished that with the, the, the modern like Sabrina series that's on oh. that's on Netflix. That um, apparently is pretty good, but it's much less like kid kid I was appropriate. Gonna say, I have not watched it because I heard it was very scary. It's more satanic. There's there's Ooh. more like a like like yeah. a Satan witch stuff, which which I, I don't think is necessarily connected to to the witches that we're going to talk about but it is an interesting side i definitely prefer the hokey campy halloweeny versus like type halloween things and shows which you can probably tell by my top three picks so let's that that's a good transition so let's get on to it do you want to go first (gasps) i know how to drive a stick do you i do yes let's move forward let's move forward Shifting into third gear <laughs> with our number three picks. Um, I think you should go first. You want me to go first? Okay. Yes. Uh, so my number three pick for Top Witch is uh, the marvelous Mad Madam Mim, um, who is an antagonistic witch, is an, is an evil kind of swamp witch uh, from The Sword in the Stone, which is a Disney animated movie from like the mid, mid-70s. Um, and it's it's about a young King Arthur being kind of trained up 
uh, by the wizard Merlin. And at one point, um, Merlin teaches Arthur how to uh, transform into a bird, I think. And um, bird Arthur gets captured in the swamp by Mad Madam Mim, uh, who is a, a magical rival to uh, Merlin and um, is just kind of like a very odd uh, but very powerful um, spellcaster who lives in this kind of rundown house in the swamp. Uh, she is a strong, independent woman, um, and she gets into a wizard duel uh, over the fate of, of Arthur uh, with Merlin. And they go through this whole kind of really neat um, sequence where they're they're each trying to change into different forms. So like um, Merlin will turn into uh, a mouse to hide and Madame Mim will turn into a snake to eat the mouse. And then Merlin will turn into like a mongoose to chase the snake and so on and so forth. Um, and she loses. Uh, but what I like about her is that if you're a very young kid, it's kind of a scary part of, of that movie. It's the major, like, there's not much of a, of a through line of, like, antagonism in the plot. It's more like a bunch of different, like, vignettes. But if there is a scary part, that's it. And she's very similar in a lot of ways um, to, uh, like, Cruella de Vil or um, the, the, the evil woman from, from The Rescuers. Just kind of this, like, wild-eyed, like, uh, weird frizzy haired like swamp woman who is powerful and clever and cunning and like threatening but i, I like i i hesitate to call her evil she's a, she's an antagonist but i think like a lot of witches she's more like chaotic than she is evil necessarily so that's 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 my number three pick have you seen the sword in the stone yes yeah but i can top that okay <laughs> good good callback or call forward in this case <laughs> foresight um my number three pick is the fantabulous film teen witch um that was maybe is in my top 10 favorite films of all humanity um, and it's not only for the teen witch who is incredible or, um, but it's mostly for the, like, um, the like mentor older witch who like stumbles across the teen witch and she helps her discover who she is and her pendant and she teaches her all she knows. And she has been in so many spooky movies. And I just love it. I love Teen Witch so much. It is so iconically 80s and witchy. And they have kind of like a little rap battle, oh. which you have done at, at karaoke before. Yes. There's Excellently. A, there, there's an 80s rap battle. There's like scrunchies and like side head ponies. <laughs> and so many like super 80s things. Um, but I don't know. If you've never seen it, it's... Such a good film. Such tell, a good film. Tell me this about Teen Witch. Um, the the witches in Teen... Because I, I have seen Teen Witch, but I wasn't paying super close attention to it. I'm sorry. I know that's a horrible crime in this household. But um, is is it like... 
is can anyone be a witch or do you have to have witchcraft inside of you no she is actually a reincarnated witch so i think that this is one of the first one of the first things that introduced me to the idea of reincarnation and that is that is the premise of it is that in the like origin of life story there's only like x number of witches and they just keep getting reincarnated and they have to find their like trinket to activate their powers and part of what activates her powers is um is her coming of age but also finding her device which in terms of her in terms of the the character from the film it's her pendant huh um and that's why um, spoiler at the end of the film she throws the pendant away because she wants she doesn't want to have people love her because they're under a spell she wants people to love her because she's who she is so she throws her pendant away so that it can find her again in the next life interesting it's interesting there's the there's another um reincarnated witch that i could think of it's not in children's literature but in in the kind of uh gothic drama show dark shadows Hmm. Um, there's a reincarnated witch named Angelique, um, so, who's from like the 17th century and then is reincarnated in, in the modern day. Um, the only other thing I've ever encountered that also included reincarnation is the Barbara Streisand classic, On a Clear Day, You Can oh, See yeah. Forever. And I feel like as soon, the first summer that my family had cable... That was on one of the movie channels nonstop, and I have seen that film probably more than 50 times. It is one of my, like, favorite Sad Day films, and I know all the songs <laughs> from it. Um, but I also just, I think that I'm an ultimate romantic, because reincarnation seems so romantic. I don't know. To, like, to love living so much, you get to do it over and over again, that's, it's... I feel like it's a very romantic point of view. It's funny because we were just watching um, what we do in the shadows, the TV show. And one of the characters in that has a reincarnated lover who keeps being reincarnated, but in each life meets like a grisly end. And it's kind of like a dark joke. Um, so let's move on to number two. Uh, so do, do you want to do number two since I went first for number three? Um, sure. Go for it. My number two selection is the Sanderson with the Sanderson sister trio from Hocus Pocus. Yes, these are Ultimate Squad goals. Seriously, <laughs> um, I even have a T-shirt that has the their faces and it says Squad on the top. And as soon as I saw it, I said, "I need to own this." Um, they are i don't know i just that is one of the (laughs) um one of the earliest like witch shows i remember being like exposed to Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking like well they want to do something bad but i do like them and it's very entertaining so I i remember being shocked the first time i watched that recently I, I watched it a ton as like a teenager but when i watched it recently that they straight up uh kill the brother right. in the beginning i totally didn't i was kind of blown away i was like whoa that's like a dark way to yeah. start this off like they're like legit dangerous they're I, not just like corny yeah i sort of feel like the movie would have been 
just as good if it was like less stakes like if yeah. they just would have been going for like you know not murdering children but um what one of the things i, I like about the this is it sanderson or standerston sanderson sanderson sisters is that they embody the triple divine feminine of mm-hmm. uh maiden mother and crone um where there's like the young the young woman the more motherly woman and then like the older cunning woman which my number one rant is why is the crone always plus size she's not 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 in hocus pocus mhm yeah i thought the mother was was plus size no i think the mother is the older one because she's like the the leader of the pack and i thought the crone was the the dark-haired sister and then the sarah jessica parker is the sarah jessica parker is is is, is the, the maiden the, the beauty the 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 dark-haired one is the mother i thought oh no i thought that the mother was um bet midler oh no see see i i was interpreting bet midler as the crone because typically typically the crone is is like the most wise and powerful of them Mm. and um it's supposed to like embody kind of the figure of like the older woman in in like folklore where they are clever and unpredictable and, and in some ways like outside of society's norms because they've transcended it by being like extra smart and everyone's kind of like depends upon them but is also a little bit terrified because like they know way more than they do. Hmm. Well, I think they're all awesome and gorgeous. And do you know what? That high school boy was not the smartest. <laughs> like... Why would you lit the candle? He, I mean, he obviously thought it was just a bunch of hocus pocus, and then it wasn't. Hua. Yeah, it. I do like it, it, it. It is funny how they kind of get brought back by like happenstance and goofery instead of by. Like, I know. I feel like if anything, um, this was something that made me want to stay in line. Like, obviously, <laughs> I was never gonna light a strange candle. <laughs> yes, you have to be. You have to be careful. You have to be careful around around strange magical candles. So my number two is uh, Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. Another, and obviously this is the one that I was mentioning that was very similar to Mary and the Witch's Flower. Uh, Kiki is the OG uh, anime witch. Um, well, that's that's not necessarily true, but it's certainly like Miyazaki style. I definitely One. think that the two films are only similar in the sense of that they're young girls who are witches. That's true. That's that. Yes, that that, that is true. And it's anime. Um. Yeah. I. I just. I felt like if I put them both on the list, it would kind of be like repetitive. Like all the things I like about Kiki are the same things that I like about Mary, where it is in in some way their uh their journey as a character is about. Um, understanding what their place in the world is and building up confidence and, and kind of f- finding their mission. Oh, um, I thought that you didn't want to be typecast as a fan of anime witches. No, I am a fan <laughs> of anime witches. V- very much so. Oh, I, I, I am, have no I have no issue with that, that I am typecasting. Also, I'm a fan of all witches. So um, things that I like about Kiki uh, are that one, she is definitely a good witch. Um, witch, is ba- witch is basically like a calling or a vocation as well as like a family thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like going into the family business. There seems to be rules about like at I think at the age of eleven, 
you have to like leave home and find the town that you're going to be the witch of that town. Can anyone imagine leaving home at the age of at 11 the age of eleven and having to like find a place to live, find mm-hmm. shelter, continuing to learn, right? Because your brain isn't done. Like um, that part, I don't know. I I feel like for my brain to be more into the storyline, I want Kiki to be 18. <laughs> I like it because it lends like an innocence um, to it. And it ends, it, I feel like it both lowers the stakes. And it's also, it's also, I think, very relatable uh, for young kids where it, I like, I think it's very good to give younger kids a role model that is probably more independent than they will, mm. they will ever actually be at that age. Uh, because it gives them something to uh, like aspire to and think like, oh, like I can be independent too. Like I can have confidence in what I'm doing. Uh, like I really like that Kiki, um, and, uh, like w- witches in general, the point seems to be to find a way to help your community. Um, and I also like that it's not like what what she winds up doing is going to this small like seaside town and just helping people out by like delivering packages and she also works in like a bakery to help like yeah. a pregnant couple um it's just like a very like community minded i just feel witch. so fortunate that she met the the bakery owners and they're like oh well you know it would be a huge help if you like stayed here and you can live above the bakery and you can use our telephone for your service mm-hmm. and uh because um you know a lot of people are not good and nice and I feel like this film is sort of misleading in that aspect, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, there is... The the only character that's not super nice is actually the other witch, I feel like, that she meets at the very beginning, who's kind of, like, smug and snide to her. Oh, I mean um, in reality. Oh, in reality. In terms of, like, giving children a sense of, like, what humanity is like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm of two minds about that, I, I guess. Because I, I think, on the one hand... You know, you have to be conscious of being realistic about stuff, um, but you you don't want to go to the other extreme either and tell people, tell kids that like every you can't trust anyone um, because right. I think that's just as negative as as saying that you know trust everyone implicitly. Um, but I do like that Kiki gets to save the day not by being a stereotypical hero. Mm-hmm. But by like using her, she she rediscovers her faith in herself. She rediscovers her purpose, um, and she's able to you know save the day ultimately at the end as herself. Not by stopping being herself, but by becoming even more of herself. And I also like that she has a talking cat who is voiced by Phil Hartman in in the English dub, and that's just it's just good. It's a very it's a very good movie. Um, it yeah. is we're we're very big fans of all the Miyazaki films. I think we've so. talked about them in every single episode <laughs> so far. Um that one was was uh our daughter our, our three year old had to be a little bit older, I think, to follow that one because mm-hmm. it's a little bit more it's a little bit less whimsical and so like there's less going on moment to moment. There's also like things in it that she doesn't quite understand. Right? Like, I don't think she's ever seen a blimp. So, like, the fact that there's a blimp on the show, she doesn't necessarily get it or understand. And actually, they don't call it a blimp. They call it a dirigible. Mm -hmm. Right? So. so She she has actually seen a blimp, but you're right. She didn't understand what it was. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to go into our number ones? Yeah. Uh, so my number one witch media. Drum roll. Is um, the witches from Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. And in particular, uh, Granny Weatherwax, who is kind of the uh, the protagonist of... So, like, Discworld is this, like, satirical but also somewhat serious fantasy series that blends kind of puns and references to the modern world with, like, stereotypical fantasy tropes about goblins and, and ghosts and elves and wizards and so on. And there's, there's different different um sub groupings within it there's like 40 or 50 books is a lot but there are several series within it and one of them is about these kind of rural witches who are in a very kiki's delivery service way tend to be tied to a particular town and they are like the helper of the town um and granny weatherwax is the protagonist of the 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 witches series in the adult books but then there's also a young adult spinoff about another witch named Tiffany Aching um, that uh, is probably some of the first YA literature that I read as an adult and is really, really well done. There's, I think, three or four books, and it's a really good exploration of like growing up and finding yourself and kind of it, it's one of those series that grows with the reader. Um, so like in the first book, she discovers that she has the inclination to be a witch um, and then kind of the series follows her on her journey to becoming a full-fledged uh, witch. And it's re it's really neat. Um, I think it's a very empowering story for children in general, but especially like young girls um, because it it is, I, I think it is very in touch with kind of the tribulations that you go through as a, as a kid it is written in a way that I think kids would would appreciate, and it really puts a big emphasis on like cleverness, um, and not just like strength. Like one of the big thing, one of the interesting things about the Discworld witches is it's kind of implied that their their magic is really just being very 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 clever and being more perceptive and more thoughtful than than other people less so than like having magic their magic is a sort of like mental magic like like they do a lot with uh you know deception and like implication and kind of like tricking people much right. more so than they do and like, like contracts i believe yeah and like contracts and like so they'll do things like oh this person is saying that they're sick and they don't feel well but really they just have a case of nerves so i'm going to make them like a sugar potion and tell them that it's this very powerful magic potion um but the neat thing is that the the witches also do have legitimate magic powers they just very rarely use them and it's kind of seen as like gauche like it's kind of thought that like be, being a witch is not about having powers it's about being like a good person and being clever um and uh in the later Tiffany Aching books, Granny Weatherwax basically tutors Tiffany Aching in, in kind of becoming a full-fledged witch. It's a very good series. I think it's a very has a lot of really good um, themes that I think are, are educational and kind of inspiring for kids. 
um of of different different ages like it's probably mm-hmm. like the youngest the, the the earliest book is probably like relatable to a kid who's like set seven to nine and in the later books like tiffany aching is a teenager and is dealing with like teenage stuff so it's one of those books series like like harry potter where it, it grows up with the readers so mm-hmm. and i think i listened to the audiobooks and it's very like it's a very good like british author and i think there's a few different voices throughout the throughout the series too so it it definitely like listens very well and mm-hmm. entertaining one of the one of the things that i like about the disc world which is um is that they're they're kind of positioned as a a very down to earth like helpful hands on um group of people as opposed to the wizards who are an, another big group in the discworld series who are very like academic and scholarly but are also kind of like above it all and not really very useful or helpful mm-hmm. so like the witches in discworld are the ones who like get their hands dirty actually dealing with problems um and l- l- like i mentioned they, they explore kind of the gendered nature of witches in discworld and um at the end of the tiffany aching series uh, there is um, uh, a young boy who decides that he's going to become a witch, and, and they mention that like he goes on to become like the, the first male witch in in Discworld. So I, I I like that they they even fly in the face of that that trope. Um, they they also do this interesting thing where they, where they mention that like um, certain certain craftspeople are are also could be considered witches, like like smiths, because they have they have a secret knowledge that not all people have. Um, my number one. Um, based on the iconicness of what we believe witches to be is the Wizard of Oz and the witches present mm-hmm. in that. But most of all, I want it to be that, you know, like the Wicked Witch is that very like iconic witchy witch. She's evil. She has green skin and a pointy hat and a wart on her nose. Uh, I mean, you know, she, Ultimately, they take care of her very easily with a bucket of water. It's fine. Um, and Glinda the Good Witch, she wears pink and flies around in a bubble, and she's like a pretty princess. She's perfect. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I really want to know more about the Wicked Witch from the East, right. who dies as soon as they get into um, Munchkin Land. And she... I sort of see her as the dim- the diplomat who is coordinating discussions between the Wicked Witch of the West and the Good Witch of the North. And she's like, she's keeping these shoes as part of like the, the truce and the coordination. And I just want to know more about her. Um, but I also just feel like the this film and the book series and everything was so iconic to the Witchy Witch film like industry. That totally. I wanted to like give it props and make it my number one. Um, there have been um, remakes, spinoffs, book series, fan fiction, and so many different books about the Wizard of Oz that um, that have all. And you know, some of them are basically are off of like the original like book and premise, and some mm-hmm. of them are related to the like the the adaptation of the film which had so many copyrights on it that um just sort of made things a little bit ridiculous when people tried to continue on with it later some of them have 
Mila Kunis and uh, James Franco uh, doing their best in a terrible movie yeah. by Sam Where Raimi, who should have known better. The sidekick is a flying monkey, but the evil cohort is also flying different kinds of flying monkeys. It was... It was... And we will probably talk about this in a future episode, but it was the worst it's a terrible film movie. terrible movie. i have ever seen in my entire life i remember laughing like uproariously towards the end when um they have like a witch battle and it yeah. looks exactly like the fight between gandalf and saruman and lord of the rings where they're like flying around the room like throwing like yeah. Jedi oh, I lightning thought you were going to talk other. about the Matrix because it was like that. It does look like the Matrix too. I mean, yeah, I it's it got was... like weird wire work. It's really yeah. bad. Um, yeah, and you know what? And I was excited to see this in the movie theater, and it was it was purely awful. But um, and but also, do you know what? The sci-fi original TV series Oz wasn't that great either, but it was kind of in the realm of. It was so awful. It mm-hmm. was great. It was also like five hours long. And so, I have watched all of them many, many times. So Oz was apparently... So it's... I think it's called Tin Man, isn't it? Oh, yes. Tin Man. So it, the reason it's called that is because it was originally going to be about the Tin Man as the main character. As like a noir detective solving like the murder of... Maybe the Wicked Witch of the East. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, and then I guess as they got closer to production, they were like, nobody's going to want to watch this. So let's make it about this weird, like, Zoe Deschanel Dorothy who, like, it's, 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 it's deeply flawed, but I do, I do, like, admire the, the, the oddity of it. Um, um, and some of the acting, I guess because it was a sci fi original movie series, some of the acting was just pretty poor, but. I genuinely loved it. We own the DVD. It's it's like it's good. It's interesting. It 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 <laughs> aspires to be interesting, and it succeeds at being interesting, if not good. It's kind of like when you fall down that Anne of Green Gables fan fiction hole. <laughs> like you can't stop reading it, but you know that it's not that great. Anyways, so so that's my number one. Did you know that um, the woman who played the Wicked Witch of the West went on, I think it was Mr. Rogers, without her makeup to be like, look, like, I was just playing a character, you know, actors and actresses just play characters on TV. I'm not really evil. But like, apparently kids still found her so scary Mm -hmm. that um, they like almost never re-ran the episode. But, I mean, when I was a kid, I definitely would always get the film fast-forwarded until the color part, because I thought that the beginning was too scary. Because, I mean, like, someone's going to come and take away her puppy. Like, that's true. It as, is, yeah. as a person who always has puppies, and as a person who has a three-year-old who adores her puppy, um, I would be <laughs> very scared about that. I, I just want to say that um, I, I think we're giving uh, the, the wizard who we know is a fraudster and con man, too much credit taking his word that the, that the witches are, in fact, wicked. Um, Dorothy straight up murks one of them in some kind of weird house industrial landing accident. I think there's lots of questions. There should be an investigation into that. Um, why was the house landing area not properly marked off? Very suspicious, if you ask me. 
Um, why was uh, Glinda, the good witch, just conveniently showing up there? What, what was she doing there? Was she involved in some way? Pretty convenient that she was just standing right I there mean, the whole she, time. She was summoned by the munchkins. And why didn't they do something and say, hey, watch out, there's a house coming. I think they might be involved too. Seems suspicious if you ask me. Well. <laughs> um, so I want to pose a question, which is, why are... Which is such a popular figure in children's media? I think because of mothers. Oh, interesting. I think that mothers play such a large role in the lives of their children that adults and people in general wanted to see some kind of feminine archetype um, relayed in the media that their child was consuming. Mm-hmm. And one of the most popularized feminine roles outside of mother is witch. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot to that. And especially the fact that witches tend to have like a secret knowledge. Um, they, they often come across as having like, strict rules which i think says a lot about how society sees women in the role of of mother code of ethics yes they yeah they often have like a specific like they're usually not capricious they usually have like a specific reason that they're doing what they're doing so sometimes they're not like mad mad and mim and the sanderson sisters are just kind of like mm-hmm. odd or they're kind of like sneaky slash evil um, but a, a lot of the times they have like a legitimate grievance. They're maybe just not pursuing in the in, in the right way. Again, w- Wicked Witch, I think, has a very legitimate grievance about her sister having a house fall on her. I think that would be very traumatic for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a ruler of a nation. Um, is the Wicked Witch a girl boss? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I understand. I think that it's... You know, it's misinterpreted, but then also we have all these other storylines that came after that, like, or actually, I guess Wicked is the prequel, right? Is the yeah, prequel to effectively, yeah, um, to that. And you know, if I died suddenly and my prized possession, my shoes, did not go to my children or my closest relative, yeah, uh, I'm gonna what come back. I'm gonna come back from below the earth. To make things right. Yeah. Is there no justice? Is there no justice for the Wicked Witch of the East? Yeah. Why did she get such a done deal? Um, I, I, I think that there's also like a... They, they are a scary um, and threatening character based on being like unpredictable and kind of unknown without necessarily being like overtly violent the way that like a werewolf or a vampire has like the direct implication of violence. Whereas I think a witch is kind of like wrapped up with this notion of like being tricked or outsmarted. So like, like as mm-hmm. a child, the, the threat is kind of non-specific trickery. Like, Oh, okay. Yes. Hansel right. and Gretel were going to be eaten. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say the, there's only one instance that we came up with where the, the witch was physically like, like, I guess a cannibal, right? Because she ate other humans because we're assuming that witches are, are a, form of human they might be they might not be like like the baba yaga in russian folklore is not human and she is a witch she's kind of like a witch demon 
she flies around in a mortar and pestle and she has a house that's on chicken legs, which is a pretty cool house because you can just move wherever the property values are best. <laughs> but you can't get gentrified. <laughs> but the witches from oh gosh, I'm blinking. Uh, the one with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. They meet, practical magic. Pra- practical magic. They meet with humans and make like um, babies who end up being full witches, even though only one of their parental lineage Interesting. is a witch. It's a dominant. Not a recessive. Maternal dominant trait. So we didn't talk about Practical Magic. I do love that film, but I don't don't necessarily think of it as a children's appropriate movie. Neither is The Craft. And I like The Craft a lot. Yeah. I thought that movie was scary as all get out. But it's also cool. It's also like very cool. Um, What's your name? Uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah. the films in general that were always the, the absolute scariest to me were the ones that I could not disprove as being pure fiction. And things with spooky witches, um, death conjuring like bajillions of snakes and all of that stuff and like mm-hmm. playing with your mind. Um, that is within the, the realm of what I consider possible. So I always just thought that was like the ultimate scare tactic. So I, I think that that's, that's another thing that makes them a, a appealing figures to, to children, both in a positive and a negative sense, is that like as a child, I think that um, the lives of older people can often seem mysterious because mm-hmm. like the adults that you know primarily as a child are like either your own grandparents, your parents and teachers, I think are the, the the adults that children have the most interaction with. And so like older people who, who aren't teachers, aren't your parents and aren't your grandparents are kind of mysterious and can almost be threatening in a way, especially if you're not sure like what they're up to. They seem like they have their own thing going on. And I think that that, that kind of misunderstanding about what, what adults, especially older adults are up to, kind of aligns with that figure of the witch especially because like fictional witches are often portrayed as as older women um who are like up to something suspicious and i don't think that's that's a a good stereotype to like play upon repeatedly like one thing one witch that we didn't mention um is uh the witch voiced by jillian anderson in room on the broom um, and I think that I, I thought about putting her in my list. I, I, the reason I didn't was really just because we don't really learn that much about her apart from she's like nice to animals mm-hmm. uh, and she makes friends and, and she... And there's room on the broom And there's room on the broom. And there's, there's room on the broom for everyone, even though it makes the broom harder to fly. Um, but like, I really like the reclamation of the witch figure in children's literature where they have not they have transitioned from being a negative uh depiction of a powerful woman to being a positive depiction of an empowered woman empowered with spells and magic um and i think that's that that's like a good development in general yeah i mean i also think that for the longest time it was just another way of keeping women down right totally like historically if a woman like spoke up or was powerful or could, you know, heal people, then she was a witch and would get, you know, drowned in the river. Totally. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so it was a way to 
use the patriarchy to scare women. Very, yeah, very much so. It was a, it was a way to go after um, people who lived somewhat independently of society and were too smart for their own good and were predominantly women. It's absolutely in line with the historical, what we know about historical witches, basically. Um, so I have two other witchy medias that we didn't discuss on my list. Um, one is... Katya from Super Monsters, which is a pretty cute kids, like young children, I would say like maybe like under four years old. Yeah, it's like two, three. Yeah. Um, where it's um like the children of all of your like favorite spooky monsters um that go to nursery school at nighttime and then when the sun goes down they turn into monsters. And there's a Katya and she's a witch. Uh, and she has a special little wand. And then the other one is a, is a book that is, um, it's a Halloween book, or I guess it's a ghost book, but the ghosts are tricked by a conniving, mean, green-faced, wart-nosed witch who wants their house. And so the premise of it is she scares them one by one with various um, cunning and trickery, and then... The ghosts wise up and they realize that they've been tricked and then they scare her and they get their house back. Um, and this book has just been in the regular like mm-hmm. rotation for like almost two years, pretty mm-hmm. much. Like um, we uh, I tried pulling it out with some of the other spooky <laughs> books and and then our daughter will ask for it so then we get it, we migrate it back in <laughs> it's it's a really good book one of the things i like about it is that there are 10 ghosts and the 10 ghosts are actually drawn distinct primarily like their eyes mm-hmm. are drawn a little bit differently and their faces are drawn a little bit differently so they actually do like a good job of that mm-hmm. um i really like that it's the last ghost who's like wait a minute something's up yeah. Um, I, I think that like the witch tries to dress herself as a mummy and the, and the ghost is like, wait a minute, that's a costume yeah. and then organizes the witch. I, I like that it's an example of collective action for economic justice that they're taking their <laughs> house back from this, like, I, I mean, basically a developer, mm-hmm. you know, someone trying to steal their, their um, housing. I, I, I respect that. It's and, got a good message. And now that we've read it so many times, our daughter can recognize like the different ways that the witch is trying to trick the ghost mm-hmm. in each image. Like, so one of the images, she's dressed up like a vampire and she has, there's a ketchup bottle sitting like on the table and she has like red drips like coming off of her teeth mm-hmm. and on the table and stuff so um it's really cute and at the the very end of the book it shows like a line of children in costumes to get their their treats from the ghost house um but the ghosts in the book are the very like campy casper the friendly ghost style ghosts um which you know until the end when they get theirs they get theirs they get the witch back <laughs> by scaring the heck out of her and yeah. good good on the ghosts yeah. For getting things back. Yeah. She was, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. She was being mean. So I think the verdict on go on, uh, on ghosts, ghosts are good, <laughs> uh, but witches even better. Um, I, I think that they're, a, they're a very, uh, versatile character in mm-hmm. children's media. Um, in the past they were maybe sometimes used in a, in a negative way. And I think that it's something that has been reclaimed and, and taken back. And I think that's good. It's always good to see positive change in mm-hmm. children's literature. And I look forward, uh, you know, as our kids get older to uh, finding more and more 
witch literature. In my research, I found that there's a whole bunch of like somewhat older YA or you know mm. like like um, early teen books that are about witches and they are multi gender witches and there's a whole you know a whole a whole thing to it and I think that's cool and I'm excited to to I'm excited to meet more fictional witches and I really just love bringing some of the like um the like witchy spooky extra mythicalness into your everyday life because we could all use a little magic yeah so uh here's to witches uh thanks for joining us on our determination of witches and and uh our judgment of of top witches and uh you know we've got a whole slate of uh spooky time programming for the rest of this month uh so make sure to check back weekly um because i think we got some really really cool uh spooky episodes coming up we're gonna dive deep on some interesting uh halloween time stuff hey kurt hey denise what do you never take to the beach I don't know what. Sandwiches. <laughs> oh, that's oh boy. And on that note, uh, have a good night, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Miss Hamilton. Oh, nice to see you, Mr. I'm so glad to see you. I'd like you to know my television friend, Margaret Hamilton. (laughs) Elsie Neal gave these to us. Won't you come in? Yes, thank you. I'd love to. I'm interested to know about how you felt about playing that wicked witch in The Wizard of Oz. Well, I really was very thrilled to. I I had done it very often, uh, not that one, but a witch when I was a little girl in Halloween. That was the thing that I always wanted to dress up as. Like lots of children would rather be a witch than almost anything else. There are lots of other things you can pick out, but that's the one I loved. And so when I had the chance to do this, I was very very happy about it. Well, girls and boys like to play witches. Yes, they do. Yes, they certainly do. And when you feel as if you'd like to play something a little bit scary, a witch is a fine thing to play. (laughs) Yes, she has has lots of things about her. I've always felt that uh, sometimes the children feel that she's a very mean witch, and I expect she does seem that way. But I always think that there are two things about her. She does enjoy everything that she does, Mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad. She enjoys it. But she also is what we sometimes refer to as frustrated. She's, she's very unhappy because she never gets what she wants. Mm. Mr. Rogers, you know, most of us get something along the line. But as far as we know, that witch just never got what she wanted. We, and mainly she wanted those, those ruby slippers because she they had lots of power and she wanted more power. Yes. And I just think that uh, sometimes we think she's just mean and a, a very bad person, but actually you have to think about uh, her point of view, that it wasn't as, as happy a, a time as she wanted it to be because she just never got what she wanted. Did you have, uh, it was hard work probably making that movie, Yes, wasn't? it was. It was It was lots of hard work. Sometimes people say, wasn't it fun? It must have been fun to make it. Well, it was fun. 